Sports Podcast on sportshop.ie. All the ladies and football camogie chat. I'm Valerie Wheeler, joined by Jerkinad and Denise of Clarity. Ladies, welcome. Hello, Valerie. We're in the beautiful, lovely Lakeside Hotel in Killaloo today, and the sites are, the views are amazing, and we're here for the next 12 weeks. Also, I have to give a mention to the summer camps taking place across the country with Sports Talk in Tipperary, Clare, Longford, and Mayo. There's going to be lots of familiar faces and names and county stars joining them. If you want to have a look, you can go to four quotes at sportstalk.ie. Just a quick mention before you start, start about the Lens Manager, Michael McGrown died after short in a soy only 67, so of course our condolences are with his family and friends and team and managers this time. Um, yeah, no, um, I'd like to say the same, and uh, he actually, we did the hospital, he was sick the day of their Leinster Junior semi-final. No disrespect to Carlo, but they're in the Leinster Junior final, and I'd love to, to see that was with it just just for, for Michael, and I'm sure he'd be looking under the girls. Of course, something like that would be quite special if it did go on in the end. Um, we're going to take a look at Camogie this week, some results. We're going to start with uh, Galway and Clare. Galway winning 1 at 16 tonight. Comfortable win, ladies. Yeah, very comfortable win for Galway. Um, this is a big year for Galway. A new manager gone in our after the league there. Uh, Cotton Murray, this is the Galway's fifth manager of four seasons, so all eyes are on them. Um, but this was a great start at halftime. They led by 1 8 to 5 points. And they pushed down again in the second half. And um, got off the great start, and he got a goal after 40 seconds. And uh, I think Claire had no response to them. So it's a 10 point win for Galway, good win at home, and a uh, good start for their year. What do you make of having the fifth manager in four seasons? That doesn't seem to be having an impact on them. It's probably welcome to them having from a new, but five managers in four seasons can be quite. That's it. Quite a lot of managers watching one. Yeah, it's definitely not good. There's a lot going on there. There's um, uh, like last year we did quite well. Mark Jones had got beaten in the All Ireland semi final, and then he, you know, was in the papers last summer. He was after seemed to be getting the boot and um, the county board, and it was all very messy. And it looked like the county board just really doing blind. The county board got an island that they wanted to turn it on, but now I don't know anything about him, but. You know, the players actually started to say there's no confidence in them. Yeah. And at that stage, a new company had been in place. So, um, you know, they, and, and the new guys got coming out of Cotton Murray and got to the start. They won the game in, so they represented Connaughton Gay Lee. They won that. But a lot of pressure on him and on, on the players this year. And I think both of you have done it well. And Park and Kenny have dominated over the last few years. And yeah. they're well ahead of us already this weekend. They're well ahead of all their teams, and we'll definitely follow to bridge that gap and try and get to a final this year and go in better in the moment. Of course, it doesn't seem to be bothering them having a fifth manager, but looking at Clare, they were down to 40 women at one stage. Do you think that had an effect or were they all just the better team? Um, I think it was late on enough that you were kind of got sent off from uh, frustration more than that. And I think that's, you know, he finally got a goal after 40 seconds. I think the right look was on the wall then for Clare. Um, you know, like I said, um, you know, it's great. Comedy season starting again, great excitement. But for me, a little bit disappointed looking at the results and seeing um, how much Kikenny won their match, how comfortable Cork were winning their game. And then a good win for Galway as well. And definitely those three teams just need to be ahead of everyone else at the moment. So, um, you know, it's nearly, to say, is that the... Case now where you're nearly looking at second and third spots, it's nearly more exciting than who's going to make the top spots. You expect Galway and Irish, Cork and Kilkenny definitely to be out on top in the group. Do you actually think of Clare? Where do you think they are? Like, what do you think is the next for Clare? 
Um, yeah, well, I think Claire, the next game for Claire is Limerick, and this will be that's uh, next Saturday. Actually, that's a huge game because uh, three or two, three teams come out of that group. So imagine Galway and depending on top of the group. So Clare and Limerick and, and, and Watford are going to be fighting for a third spot. So Watford has a bye this weekend, and Clare and Limerick will be playing next weekend. So that's going to be a massive game. So I'd say Clare and Limerick would fancy themselves against Watford. So this is a huge game I would see for fighting for a third spot. So it's very interesting who wins that next week. Course, Saturday evening I was in Rough and Limerick and Kilkenny, 2.18 to 11. I was there watching this. For the first half, Limerick did match Kilkenny. Yeah, it was only two, Limerick were actually up at halftime, two points. Um, Limerick manager this year, Declan Nash, and interesting enough, Mark Dunn and I, Parkman, who were involved in the lobby last year, I just noticed that they were sort of in the back of the team there with Declan Nash. Um, so I think Limerick a few weeks ago against the Brewer and Nash, so we finally thought they were poor enough, but maybe they were. Um, targeting the Iron series and with that and looks like they got a good start winning by two points at half time when I can just bought a new level in the second half and they got goals from Mary Walsh, Michelle Quinty and they drove on from there and you know they had leverage only three points in the second half while they scored two twelves themselves so a thirteen point win for Kilkenny and setting the stall out early against well, I do have concerns for Limerick after watching them on Saturday evening. The reason being, I know you said there's a lot of uh, new faces, let's say management-wise and background team. I feel myself there was nearly too many voices on the sideline on Saturday evening. Now, Declan was quite quiet, to be honest, so I didn't see much from him, but Mark and, of course, the other. I thought there was too many telling girls to do different things, which kind of can be quite distracting. You've that many people on the sideline shouting at you, saying, sure, you need to be going up front, back, you need to be going down, there. That's too much, I think, on sideline. Yeah. Think that can have an effect on girls. If you were playing yourself, do you think if you were three or four by sideline, would that totally drive you crazy back? Well, definitely if you're getting mixed messages. I mean, the most important thing first, I suppose, is that everyone is singing for lunch and hymn sheet, and if they have a game plan that, you know, they're all saying the same thing and relaying the same message. But, um, yeah, I mean, people can get out and play the games, and you don't need everyone shouting the door at you. So, um, I suppose that's something that must get right now for the next day. And, I think, I suppose, by the, I wasn't at the game myself, but by the looks of it, just the second half sounded like it fell apart and maybe people just trying to stem the tide or, you know, I don't know, frustrated, not knowing what to do, you know, things are going against it, it's going the sideline, hard to know what to do when they're able to shout and try different things, different options, but when you can place, especially our forwards there, there's no stopping the likes of um, Barry's sister, Miriam Walsh, you know, and Dalton, all the players, so much experience, and they kick it all, you know, in, in attack, so so hard stuff. As you said, the experience really stood to the second half, that's why I saw myself, the big names really stood up and powered through. The heat was unbelievable there, but just having another look at Limerick, Neve Mulcahy, um, I know she's a quality player, she's, uh, she's her free-taking is, uh, some frees she takes are amazing, but she can't do a lot of stuff. No, I like she used to back in the team so that she can't do a lot. She was playing sleeper role now on Saturday evening, rough. Yeah, and I suppose that's a problem probably wish um, some of the maybe the lower tier teams that, you know, maybe they're have a couple of real superstars on their teams, like, and, but like we said, you know, you're like training a lot of park you know, 20 players really are good enough to make any county team, and that's where they struggle then, you know. I call away, um, like we said, Limerick did a great year last year, winning the Monster Final, beat Cork in the Monster Final, but then they actually didn't make it out of the stages of the All-Ireland Series, so 
I thought maybe this year the folks will be on the other side. The Tottenham played four in the Munster semi-final this year against Tip, and um, we're still disappointed now to, you know, suffer a heavy loss against the Kenny, and I'm sure they'll look back in the video, especially the second half, and see where it went wrong. Of course, yeah. We're going to take a look at Group Two now. Dublin and Offaly weekend. 3-14 to 3-9. Looking at the score, you wouldn't take the half-bad game for Offaly against Dublin. But Dublin really were the story of last year. Yeah, and it's great to see them getting off to a good start again this year. I know it's hard for them to build on last year that, you know, you want to see maybe one hit wonder and it's great that David Hershey stayed on and they're building on last year and I suppose it's disappointing that they're actually one better and they're really all-star last year. It's available to them. But that's a, definitely a good start for them. Um, they got a goal after six minutes. Offaly did well too, you know, they responded with a goal for Sarah Harding, but um, I suppose on the restart after the half time, that crucial period, they only got another goal and was definitely putting 10 points up. And I think it was comfortable enough in the game, but Offaly were able to go back and get another goal, one from a penalty from Sarah Flannery, but um, no, that's it's a good result for Dublin, an excellent result, 3 14 to 3 9, and half time they 2 11 to 1 6, and they were delighted with that start. Of course, and you mentioned David Hurti. Do you think he's having, obviously, it's his impact on the team, coming from his Kilkenny experience? Yeah, I think even just the professional setup. Um, you know, I think, you know, they look to be prepared really well, and really have the experience of being with uh, a team like Kilkenny in the professional setup. But he brought that into it, and that alone was exciting. Of course, we have a look at that. Of course, your own team, Tipperary, immediately against Tip, getting the better of me in the right six, 14 to 10 points. Looks like a complete free fall for two points at the end. Yeah, just goals really more so. Um, you know, at half time was three six to six points, and the goals that were different at half time. Um, but you know, two more the better team, they were stronger. I'm a bit worried about this game because they're still preventing to reach part in one's championships and um, lost that is maybe a challenge for sport. Like, you know, me after winning the intermediate last year, we worried that you know they were on the up and maybe tip for going just a bad forward. But no, there was just showing the bit more experience back to where next in the game of front score three six. Um, Case Hennessy also got a goal on each midfield, so it's the goals really that made the difference. But they were, uh, you know, a bit uh, better than being orange. Um, we get top of the line of players, Jerry Nolan scored 8 times at the team, and then trying to end these after that later too, and like that, keep it a bigger spread of scores. So, for the one player to get an 8 out of 10, you'd have you a bit worried. Yeah, no, she's on the free, and look, she's the most experienced player, but you know, you need to threaten more, threaten more, and get, get increase more people scoring. Of course, have a look at the last game of the weekend. Park beating Wexford 119-7. Yeah, it was. When I saw this, I was kind of, oh, here we go again, a 15 point win by Cork. You know, who's going to stop them this year? Barty, Kenny, maybe. And uh, I mean, they went up after, I think, 13 minutes, they were up six points to no score up. Um, you know, Ashley Thompson, what a player, set the tone from the first minute at a point. And then it was involved in the goal in the sixth return and Katrina Mackey scored. But this, this is no contest, you know, Wexford. I think we're going to struggle this year. Mary Lacey's retired, and Lacey's out with a cruise shit. And I don't know if they've any players really left from the team that won the Alliance in 2012, and then they've all moved on or retired or whatever, or maybe two kilos or two that are gone left. So an inexperienced team, uh, a manager this year as well, I think. And, uh, you know, that's just quite a result for them. And they played Tip next, or not, on the 23rd at home, and that's going to be a massive game for both sides to try and get a place in that group. That's a tricky enough group to make your team in that group. For 16, and um, they'll all be fighting for spots. Right? So, you know, we've actually parked the out in front, but after that, Wexford, Tip, and Offaly, or Wexford, Tip, and Dublin, and Offaly, 
with all kinds of your chances. You need now something like probably struggle this year or first year of senior, but you don't treat the rest of so if you're like premiership and you're living the table and you're more interested in the pack of yeah. me, you know that kind of way? Yeah, definitely. Okay, that was the results of the weekend. Cork beating Wexford 119 to 7. Of course, Cork put out Rena Buckley, recently retired. Um, I mean, the word legend does get thrown around a lot when it comes to players, but a do player like Rena, 18 All Ireland medals, 11 with the football, and 7 with the Pogue. What have we got to say for someone like Rena? Yeah, just um, like you said, a legend. Um, I suppose at the start of the year when I heard that she trained in her turn down the captaincy this year, I had a feeling maybe she wasn't going to come back. Kobe. I thought maybe she might stay on and do one year of football, like the way she just concentrated with Kobe last year. But um, you know, she released a classic statement there recently, and it's just classic lady on and off the field. And um, it was a very good piece in the Irish Examiner, and you know, breaking down her career in numbers. And like you said, she all Ireland's ten All Stars and two-time All Ireland winning captain. And um, he broke down medal, but she won the medals every year. And it was just observed for me was 2005, 6, 7, 8, and 9. That's five years in a row where she won all star in both codes. So oh it's not like she's just a dual star. She's actually the top, you know, one of the top world players in the country, one of the top players football in the country. It was just amazing. And, um, you know, multi all Ireland winner, national champion. That's not even looking at what she's won with club in college. And she's just such a nice person as well. And, you know, she's. Dream PR for the Community Association and the ladies football as well. Really. Of course, she's so humble as well. I've met her plenty of times after games, and she'd never, even if you try and compliment her play, she'll, oh no, it's thanks to the girls. She's somewhat so humble, and she'll always put the team first. You know, it's never about her. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that just something special um, in a sports arena? It just shows you about Rima. And to play at the highest level in one sport is tough. But to do it at both sports, that, that, is, that is unreal. And um, well, we believe it now that she was the only person to ever captain uh, both codes football in 2010, 2012, sorry, and uh, come on here then. So it's a the tribute that she uh, was able to captain Cork last year to her last, which ended up in her last Alara medal. I know, I suppose they're a dying breed, the Junior Stars. I know Tipperary or Dwyer. Yeah, she's another lady that um, she. I suppose has serious admiration for you. She mentioned on the day I met her about the launch. Um, there isn't many like her anymore. Yeah, and I think in fairness to Cork, it was great understanding all down through the years between the managers of the ladies football and the Mogi, um, to be able to facilitate dual stars. And uh, you know, it's just it was brilliant to see all the um, tributes she got after she knows her retirement. You know, like the Henry Chef, you know, like Speech Cork, they all coming in and praising her achievements. And um, you know, it's. I like, she was just brilliant there. And a, a quick story, I remember 2006, many months ago at the All-Star Comedy Banquet, um, I was there when the hit birds got nominated and I went up with her at the table and it was brilliant. Like, my guest was Ty Kennedy was the guest of honor. And um, sure, anyway, I remember being in the residence bar and having the great time singing and enjoying ourselves. And next thing, Keane was running clean up, I think it was around 7 in the morning. And, I said, shit, this breakfast is going to have a breakfast. I'm getting ready to go to breakfast. He comes down the stairs and I'm in the box and I'm thinking, well, that's why she's not. <laughs> she went to bed. Yeah. She's coming down for the breakfast. Yeah. Instead of us going straight to the restaurant for breakfast. Um, I, met, I met Ethan Murray on the day ago in, at the lodge, the Kobe, and I asked her for a word on Rena Buckley. And 
I suppose the majority of people have two said that uh, to them on the team, she was just a friend. They saw Rina as Rina, they didn't see her for all the medals and everything. So it's very hard to get a word from players because they see her as who she is, unlike us seeing her with all the titles. Yeah, but just that just show you the quality of the type of person that Rina Buckley is, that she just landed in there, you know, to, to them she was just, and it's not the best tribute. To any club person or any county star or any teammate, that you're person that you're no big flash there, that you know, and that that just shows you what the girls thought of her. Yeah, of course, as you said, she's a great attribute for women in sport, and for every young girl, I suppose, aspiring to play county, she's who you've completely looked up. Yeah, it's just such a high achiever. I mean, even outside of sports and her own own academic life, and then. You know, she's physiotherapist has her own business, she's in the Masters last year, she just seems to be a high achiever and everything. And such a nice person, so down to earth, you know, unbelievable really. Yeah, I have t-shirts now in years to come, it's super very well wonder woman, I think she's a really working on Yeah, I'm sure she's going to some kind of punditry role, I'm sure someone had her snapped up already. Yeah, I wonder, I don't know if she's, she's she quite enough Yeah, there. would she be the type of... She always seems to stay up the line, like, so I don't know. Hopefully, I don't see her. Yeah, I think a lot of people would love to hear her side of it, and I'm sure she'd give an honest opinion. Do you want to say that as well, Tom? Serena? Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Speaking of another wonder woman, I suppose after her six months stint in Australia, we're going to talk about Coruscant, and she's back with Mayo. Yeah, um, new story. Two returns for Cora. First of all, she's back down under again this year, so she offers her first year down her DBC, which is just absolutely brilliant. She made the headlines, you know, everyone just amazed at how well she was able to slot into the game over there. But then also the fact that she's um, returning to Rio, you know, you mentioned Rina Buckley, but she just look at a correspondent as well. She's back now, she has tw- played 22 years championship football and she has never missed one championship game. Isn't that just amazing? Isn't that shows the dedication? And when you look at sports women all over the world, we're looking at all the various sports. Is there anyone that's good as or dedicated as course on when you think of she's playing it for the love of the game, the love of her county, also for her club Cornicon, and then she obviously then went over to Australia and she's made a name for herself over there. So just an absolute legend. You mentioned the twenty two years, I mean now in this day and age, did you ever see a 14-year-old making debut for Cena Valley? No. no. But she was 14 when she made her debut. Well, yeah. do you look at Coruscant, and then if you picked a line of girls, you'd say, if you said something to Coruscant, you'd well believe it. Yeah. Because whenever it ends up about Coruscant, she seemed to be that type of... Like seeing, she, she seemed to be very focused. And I'd say even at that age, when young girls are kind of wanting to go out and wanting to do this or that, core probably is just football, football, football. And that's it. But it's going to be interesting to see how she will yeah. slot back into the team. Um, she's a fantastic player. We all know that. But down to the years, we're also reliant on Cora. Whereas this year, maybe the fact that she was away from the panel for the league game and other players were able to step up to the mark, that would take the pressure off Cora. That she maybe, she always seems to take on that role of a leader and that she gets the scores and that. So maybe it might relieve the pressure on Cora and that other girls then can, can show that they can step up to the market. You have Kelly to Sarah Rowley, players like that, that they're able to do that, that it's not just left on Cora and that she can involve these girls more. And think about it, so we have someone at Coruscant, it's only going to have players. 
course, you mentioned there about her coming back and her, where she's going to slot in and stuff. Do you think if, I know she's an unbelievable player and she's so many honours as well, do you think it's fair if she was to give a place ahead of someone else that was playing so well for the league after coming back? I think people in the league is the type of manager that you can replace in the squad and in the, in the start of 15. He seems to be that manager and just talk to him after games. Um, he loves he loves his team and he loves the game and he loves how the game is played. And for him, nice football. That's the way he wants his team to play. And I'm sure Cora herself probably wouldn't want to be, you know, start straight in because she has to earn her place. Even though she said she's Cora Staunton, she didn't play the league campaign. There's other girls there that stepped up and got me all to a Division One final this year. Well, they were beaten by Dublin in the final, but Dublin were more after the game than the O. But there were girls that got them there, so you know it's going to be hard. And then if Cora goes back in and, and slots straight away in there, so I'm sure Peter Lee has said to Cora, and I'm sure Cora would agree that she will have to fight to uh, get a place in there. As you said, I'm sure some players are delighted to see her back, but some must be like, oh God, here's my place, God. That could be it as well, and the fact that I said, you know, about her scores and we're reliant on her scores, and I felt down to the years that maybe Mio might have been so much reliant as that Cora kind of took all of that role that she had to have the scores and she had to get involved. So, um, and other girls then weren't able to, you know, make names for themselves. Not there was this year, they were able to do that. So, um, you're probably, you are thinking that there's probably a girl going or two or three girls going. I know myself, I, you must feel somewhat going, I play so in the league, but here we have this amazing horse out of the big name, there's my place. Yeah, it will be interesting to see, um, because the big game for them is obviously the Connor final against Galway, Galway. and Galway even last year, people yeah. well last year, so you're kind of looking, will Peter Starcher, I think it would be very unfair, and I don't think Peter Lee. Well, he's not the type of manager. You know, could be completely wrong. We could end up seeing the news stories that Corstanton returns from the Yeah, but well, I, I don't know. I think he will, you know, make her. She's only trained the last couple of weeks as well. But listen, this girl does, doesn't even have to get up to championship pace because he's always had championship pace as well, isn't she? Yeah, I suppose it'll be an interesting one to see when she was starting off. That's probably going to be the main talking point when it comes to the championship final. Yeah, because you're looking at next weekend and you're thinking, or sorry, the weekend after next, with the ladies' finals that, you know, in the men's, it's going to be a dead world with no disrespect to Leash, Dublin and Leash, whereas the women's, you're going to have the Golden Yo, and then you have Cork and Kerry that weekend. So the ladies' finals might actually get, get more more press, but obviously the Mio girl, the Mio team, and the Mio game will get the big press, obviously, because of Cora. Of course, and she's heading back to Oz, Oz afterwards as well. It's just amazing. You know, last year, people were looking at her in Crow Park in September and saying, is this the last time we're going to see Cora Stanton in the old jersey? Eight. Then she does it again with Cora Collin in the All-Ireland <coughs> And then was down to Australia and, you know, she had a broken nose. And they were amazed at how, how well she played and how, which are, it's, it's scary football. She's been playing it all her life and she's been used to, to um, play, playing it. But the way she was able to just get in there, and it is, it's, it's just phenomenal. And it's like, she's just amazing. Like, all you can say is, we mentioned Rena Butley, but yeah, Cora Stanton up there. Yeah, I remember that picture of her with the broken nose out in Australia. We look forward to her playing a championship. Well, that's it. Um, we want more players like Cora um, to light up the ladies' game.
We're going to take a look at some young players to watch out for now. We've seen loads of players throughout the league, and of course, we're going to have to talk about Camogie first. Have you young players to watch out for in the championship? Yeah, I picked three players now. Um, I looked at the top teams uh, Cork, Kenny, and Galway. And last year, if you remember, um, only two subs come on in the All Ireland final for Cork, and that was Lauren Holman and Julia White. And I suppose Julia White's going to the show with her brilliant point to win the game. But uh, Lauren Holman caught my eye because it's so hard to bring into that Cork team. Uh, it's such an established team now at this stage, Paul Murray's there for years. And I was like, who is this 18 year old coming on? I questioned the 18 15 minutes ago. And um, so I was keeping an eye on her this year, and she was yeah. down to start once for final. And um, unfortunately, she had to go off injured actually after about 15 minutes. So we really get to see her pass. But um, she's a super athlete. She won an award last year in Cork, and uh, Cork County Council gave her a young sports person of the year because she's also um, on the Cork City FC team. Now I think she could be concentrating on Camogie now, but she has played for Ireland under 17 last after so. So she's really good talent and um, Hi, she's been the Cork team. So she didn't start at the weekend, um, but I think as the year goes on, she'll, uh, she'll have an impact. And like I said, if you're in the top 17, 18 players in Cork, you're a serious talent. So she is a serious talent. She's a forward, very fast, and I think she's um, she's good, a uh, player to look out for. And she can stuff actually against Wexford and got on the scoreboard. So, um, and I know that's a point right under the year. He tries to put blood at one or two kind of players, keep everyone on their toes. And she played well with the minors last year and was called up to the panel then after the minors. She's done that before. She's got the experience in the Ireland final now last year. And I think uh, she'll have a good part to play later on the year. Um, then for Galway yesterday, player of the match was Carrie Dolan, which is, she's only a young player. She's, it was her first championship start for Galway and she scored three points and uh, got player of the match. And um, anyone that knows Camogie would know Trey's mark for Galway. She's acting on her aunt. So her mother is a matter, I think her mother played for Galway, or her aunt's all played for Galway, so it's definitely in the breed there, but I'm sure it's matter, as we all know, and Carrie will know the same Galway players um, in Camogie, and she's an aunt of Carrie, and I think she's 19 years of age, just out of minor, and scored three points in her debut and got Claire the match uh, on Saturday against Claire, so she's definitely in Claire to look out for. And then for Kilkenny, Aoife Dyer has been playing most of the league games, again, that are forward. Um, and I'd be biased towards my forwards um, and uh, she played in the league final was scored throughout the league and she got a goal in the league semi-final and a few points in the league final uh, it's from Kiltown there's a player to look out for didn't feature uh, at the weekend uh, against Limerick but as far as I know she's doing a league insert so I'd say that's why so there's three young players three exciting players that are going to be there thereabouts I'd expect them all to have a big part to play in the championship this year but they're the, up, they're the best young players, I suppose, in their respective counties. That's Lauren Holman in Cork, Carrie Dolan in Galway, and Aoife Dyle in Kilkenny. Yeah, you're right about the league was our cheese, and I said they'd be back in two weeks, so I'm with the battle. Oh, perfect, that's right. So, uh, yeah, Dee, what about the footballers? Um, I'm a bit like Jar, kind of looking at, at the top teams. I've no 14 year olds, so there's no um, correspondence in Smart 2. But uh, the first one, obviously, from the All Ireland uh, Senior Champions, Dublin. Hannah O'Neill, she was involved last year with them. Again this year, she won the double minor player of the year back in 2016. I have to say now, the underage doctors in Dublin, absolutely brilliant. They have a bit like the men, but the AIG in there and the sponsorship and everything. So they're really putting a big in back into the ladies football up there. So she's been involved there. She's a very short player, can score. She's also involved in famous Dublin's ladies club team as well. And she's got a lot of players around there that can help her on the way. 
And the second one, and I remember Diana Hoa, who played for Milo, told me that this player, and I made sure to keep an eye on her this year, and it was then Amy Downing. She would be a back, but she's um, she would be a forward player, but she's been playing um, as a back, and it just shows you how she, that she can play in both places. Yeah. Yeah. She plays for Cornell Hall. Coruscant's uh, team, and she actually um, started them last year in their All Ireland of success. So um, another player to, to really watch out for. And then the next one is we have a dual start. Seems all of the dual start with soccer down the court, and it's Saoirse Noonan. She's actually a Cork minor. Uh, she was one last year, and um, she will join the Cork senior panel after leaving start. She also plays soccer for Cork City, and she is. Uh, a Republic of Ireland Women's International well, so it just shows you the, the talent that's down there just had down the park. And why we mentioned the Republic of Ireland Women's, just like to wish them the best of luck in their World Cup qualification game season in Norway. It's going to be a tough one. And just when we look at sports stars, I just see pictures of Louise Quinn, she won't pronounce it, she's got the, the mask ready, she's willing to, to play for yeah, country. It's going to be a tough game, you know, to go there uh, behind on Africa, but it's Ireland. So these are ladies to watch throughout the championship with three from Bobby Hitzel's game with two names. Uh, it's Lauren Holman of Cork, Aoife uh, Dyle of Kenny, Carrie Dolan The three footballers. Hannah O'Neill from Dublin, Amy Dowling from Rio, and Saoirse Noonan from Cork. So I'm sure they're, they're three counties as well that will be there or thereabouts coming the end of the summer. Looking forward to keeping an eye on them and seeing um, how your predictions go. Yeah, the well, the well, well, exactly, yeah. if we get it right, that people will be asked us what a lot of them are. We're going to move on now to a topic this week about getting uh, maybe the younger players in the clubs need to play for goals. It can be quite difficult at times. A lot of clubs have to rotate a few girls. What do you think it is about being in goals that isn't attractive for a young lady at the moment? Uh, the funny thing about it was, uh, is um, I actually played in goals, always wanted to be a goalkeeper. They say you have to be mad to be a goalkeeper. Uh, and uh, People judge me on how mad I am, but yeah, I know I always wanted but it is, even at, for young boys, I find when I'm involved in my club, it's so hard. And it's a case of sticking so many goals, which I don't think that's right. The thing about it is, it's one position that you have to want to play in, because you're so exposed. And I always say to young lads, you know, goalkeepers, if they make mistakes, just remember the last line of defence. You've got three backs in front of you, you know, you can blame them or two backs or whatever. But it is something, but I was reading up uh, on, you know, young girls and playing goals, and you see that there is um, a goalkeeper coach, there's a goalkeeper school around the country, but the one in Wicklow, um, just for keepers, um, an expert of Ireland player, Darren Fickley has it, but they do goalkeeper coaches for soccer and Gill, but they have one for girls, specifically for girls, to win them there. So I think that's one thing that needs to be done. I think at all ages, is coaching. That's what we need to get done right. And maybe if we start off, when you're doing your foundation course and that, to try and get a few people to go one side and kind of concentrate on the goalkeeping side. When you start off then at under sixes or under eights, I know they're already starting, but to give us the same rotate and give everyone a chance of playing in goals because we were told when you're doing courses all keep to keep the left and the right and they know what to do. But everyone wants to be forward and everyone wants to score the goals. But you have to kind of make it exciting that being in goals, you know, give them the sense of responsibility and not too much responsibility and you know and encourage them. That's the one thing about it. Do you think it is the responsibility and the pressure of being in there, knowing that you are the last time spent in maybe sometimes if a team might win by goal, you feel that it is your fault for letting it in? Do you know, when you're so young as well. Yeah, I suppose, you know, it's 
the restore goal is big cheer goes up and if the goal goes past everyone's like, oh whatever, so I still like the journey. And the person as well as that's the thing, you know. But just thinking about the topic it's um you know definitely agree with the coaching's big part playing it and I suppose thinking of this myself, you know, when you're doing a coaching session, you wish young kids, you know, you do your forward turns, you do your shooting, but when you actually say, right, we're gonna practice our goalkeeping and like that, that everyone, you know, the goalkeeping clinics and workshops are brilliant when you have someone that actually wants to be in goals to improve them. But if you're trying to find someone to get them interested in goals, I think at a very young age, you know, everyone should be rotated. And everyone should be rotated in every position, if you ask me, because Sometimes you say, you know, uh, if our, oh, she's strong, but she's tall, she'll be pulled back, and she'll be pulled back, and she'll, pull, she'll always be strong and tall, so she'll pull back for her whole life. And maybe she could be the best corner forward, but she never got a chance to play corner forward. So, definitely at underage, we should, and, you know, might be nice, but we don't do it, we do it We should rotate players, give them a chance to play in different positions, and they never all might just one day realize, oh, I actually like playing in that, oh, I like playing in goals. And then encourage, they show an interest, encourage it then. And then, you know, you know, even get into the coach and all that kind of thing. But um, I think the time should be set aside as part of the training session to do some uh, goalkeeper work. And everyone gets a chance to go and go on. And even little things like, you know, I imagine in, in um, Ray's football, they had a new shiny gloves, so the gloves are at training. So everyone go to the basket, get out your gloves. You know, goalkeeper gloves, and everyone practice. You know, or it's just a few goalkeeper hurdles there, and whoever's trying out and goes to train tonight gets the hurdle. You know, just have it then, and it's just things like, oh, it's a cool hurdle, it's a cool gloves, maybe. You know, you're very young, something like that could even just attract you to the position. You know, I think it's getting goalkeepers out there as well because I'm gonna go back to the men's game, and uh, the longkeeper Paddy Colm on Sunday had a great game against Dublin. The amount of young lads now want to be Panicom, want to be involved. So if we could get some of the top names, or even in your own in your own county, get some of those girls to come to a training session with goalkeepers. So if the girls can identify with them and say, God, I want to be like such a one, such a one, I want to be in goals. But yet the rotate is a big thing. And it's all about coaching. But you know yourself at underage football, I've seen children, 10, 12, not interested in football. You know, just couldn't get them. And now there's ones that are the first name on team sheets. Like you develop as a player, if you know, and you shouldn't actually, as you said, some, some girl, if she's tall, or a player is tall, put them in a full back, or if you're tall, put them in a full forward, and look lots of high ball into them. You know, that doesn't make it. Give them a chance to play, because you can eventually unearth a star in some position that you might never have thought of. I suppose the thing for me, if I was to pick a negative thing for, Speaking of Camogie, if I was sitting in goals, to defend those four steps and a hand passing is next or near impossible. Yeah, well, definitely. I'm a big advocate against the hand passing goal. Uh, I just, I don't get it at all. To be honest, I don't see why that rule is there. It's too much an advantage. But, you know, it just, I just don't think it's an attractive skill anyway for, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to promote Camogie and trying to promote people watching the game. Um, I wouldn't agree with it. And like I said, it's very unfair and very hard for a keeper to stop that. So that would be, yeah, that would just be effective as well. Is it harder, I wonder, for you to get some kind of goals for Kamogi than it is for him? Yeah. That, that is probably something that you know you could look into. Because yeah, I'm sure for even, I know myself, but there's only a few hurry talks in Longford, like two hurry talks. But so the lads would be like, oh gosh, you need padding, you know, going to go on. So be like, we're the ice hockey goalkeepers, you know. I'm just thinking of the my Ducks film and, you know, all the padding up, we need to go on. But, you know, that's something that's ridiculous. And the goals are daunting. I, you know, I was 12 when I first went into goals and 
I thought I was tall, and then you said in the mold, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why do you have to do it? I always wanted to be a goalkeeper. We used to go to um, our local club games. Just, I don't know, maybe it's because I was bossy and I loved the shout thing, but I always wanted to. Or then I was on the line. Yeah, and then I was at home with Brooke playing football, rightly shifting up the goals. So that was always it. But yeah, no, I wanted, and I'm very much part of of the goalkeeper's union because as Jerry said, the score goal is going to be remembered. Whereas if you do, you know, if you let a goal in, you can have you can make five or six great saves as a keeper. And let one in and you remember that. If you five or six wides or kick miss open goals as a forward, and if you get that one point or one goal, you'll be remembered. So it's just it's just that we have to make it not glamorous, but we have to you have to show, you know, that it's that it is a good position and, and to make it worthwhile for people to actually go into goals. Of course, recently we've seen that someone likes to take on the women's sport and they were taking Mag Sarsi, let's say, and have a look at her. She's now coaching Wexford, the Wexford goalie for men. So that's a huge thing now for the ladies to see that they're being used also in the men's sport now. Well that's what we were talking about uh, with Diana Laura a while back. And we were saying, I was asking them would she fit into men's coaching? Because the thing about it is, just because you're a different sex doesn't mean that you don't have the same thoughts and skill sets and know how to coach. I done um, a foundation level course final this year. There was nearly as many women as there was fellas. Now a lot of them were mammies that wanted to get in because the children were there. I just wanted to do because I wanted to help me, my uh, team. Plus I also would mind but into the management side of things. But it's great to see that when you mentioned Alex Darcy, there are girls out there, and you're going to see it more and more now of ladies coming in, coming into the men's setup. And that's why I said to get girls to come out, girl, female goalkeepers, female goalkeepers to come out to train sessions, even to bad, even to young lads train sessions. And to to make to make to make them know that and make them aware that there actually are women goalkeepers. You know, you don't have to look at a, at a, a fella in goals. That there are good ladies footballers out there and goalkeepers out there that you can aspire to be like. If I was a young little woman now, ten years of age, and humming happy about getting into goals, I'll just say to me, Do you want to be in goals? It is. It is okay. the one position. You know, you can say anything else. But, but that is the one position because you are so exposed. Do you want? Do you really want to? I spoke there were so many children before I wanted to have to be said eventually, if daddy was confident, he was doing it for the dad. And he said, no, I don't get involved. He finally said it to me, and I was like, well, then say it. And he was afraid to say it to your father. Whereas, do you really want to go? If you want to be in goal, then fine. But as you said, you're coaching, and I've even noticed it myself, you know, even at senior level, you don't get proper coaching and coaching. That's the one area that does need to be changed with, with the coaching. If you want to, uh, if the youngster came to you, want to be in goals, any advice that I could help them if I could go down and help them with shots, help them with saves, help them with drills, I would do that no problem. So, the coaching and rotation is the way forward for young people in goals. Yeah, I think so. And I suppose, you know, obviously, you have to drill it into all the players that, you know, everyone can make a mistake. Everyone, you know, everybody in the match at some stage will run out and won't kick the ball first time or go to first touch, let's say, and then take it away. It's just, you get away with that out of the confidence and the goal and the ball. But that should be explained to everybody, not just, okay, telling the goalkeeper it's always okay. the ball. All the other kids need to know it's okay if anybody gets the ball, you know, so that way, Goalie, it's the back, it's the forward. These things happen. That's why we have training. That's why we practice. And that's why we practice at home. But it's still going to happen, you know. And refer back to whatever during the year that was playing at the weekend, you know. 
he or she has the ball, you know, near the county player that has the ball the weekend. So, you know, still that's going to happen. And if they know that, and, that they're here, you know, and so if, if you're involved and you're still not sure about it, but if your teammates aren't giving uh, out and they let in a ball, the chances are going to be happy and sitter, but that has to be explained to all the other teammates. It's about confidence, though, isn't it? Yeah. They have to be there, you know, and joining into them that it is about team. From 1 to 25, 26, that you're all part of a team and, and to do that. Jared's right, you know, trying to say to the goalkeeper about making mistakes and the goalkeeper. Because I've seen in games the young goalkeeper crying. That's the one position where you would see a person has been making a mistake crying. And, and, I've, and I've seen it. And you feel, oh my gosh, you just want to go in and give them a hug. And it's all about that. And it, it, coaches themselves and managers have a huge part to play in that and how they train their youngsters um, to be able to respect their teammates and be there for their teammates. If they make a mistake, you know, we say, well, do you know what, we're there for you. You know, we, we win as a group, but we lose as a group. I suppose that is the fear at the end of the day, of that ball crossing the line. You see it from youth to senior, because when, that does, when the ball does pass the line, everyone's, you, whatever team you're on, you do feel happy, but you always have that, like, oh God, that's great, it's just left in that ball. Yeah, but then, like, if goalkeeper rules are being followed properly throughout the county, which I'd say 90% of the time, they're not, you know, scores should need to be kept at, you know, a very young age of 8 and 10, you should be keeping scores, you know, so don't wish you no know rules or loses. And I'm finding that, and as you said that, more and more emphasis is on the women. And if you have seven goals, you have to get eight goals, and I'm thinking, See, so many county teams should be doing that. If we win about three points, you should be going to the fourth where they're happy to sit back. Whereas, yeah, in goal grounds, I have noticed that, that they will go, they will leave on their top players and they will want, because they want to get this big, oh, we smash such a team. Even at six or eight, yeah. That young age is a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, because all the research shows that kids go play to win at that age. You know, it's enough reason to play sports. They list out the top ten reasons why they want to play. Winning is way down the list. It's about having with their friends and enjoyment and all that. And you know they'd rather lose and get some time on the field and sitting on the sideline with a team that has won. So winning isn't a priority for a young kids. I'm not my young kids. So it shouldn't be a priority for the rules. They shouldn't keep the score. Shouldn't be kept at young age. If if by duration. But it's the definition of sport to have a good time. To enjoy, yeah. so that's what it should be about. That's exactly what it should be about, and hopefully we'd see more younger players willing to get stuck in in the goals and not have that fear. Well, that's it. Yeah, we we start doing the advice kind of button here. Yeah, I'm just hard hearing things. Yeah, that was this week's hot topic. I suppose getting younger players to opt for playing in goals. If you have a hot topic that you would like us to discuss, Denise and Jer next week, you can get us at Twitter at sportstalk.ie, and that's D O T I E at the end. Now, I suppose something that hasn't been looked at quite yet is the Sunday game is back in action as the championship is back. Um, it can get a lot of stick you know, for not joining the likes of Joe McDonald and Christy Rains, but you know, I suppose they are trying their best. But we have to give a special mention to one lady that is doing her best, and um, it's Joanne Kent, but she gets, I suppose she doesn't get as much um, coverage as we'd like to give her, but she's a lady striving in the media world for women in sport. And I must say, I've great admiration for her growing up. I, she was always someone who I looked up to on air. But what an amazing job she's doing on Sunday game. She really puts up those bundles. But doesn't it show you what a great professional she is? And it's not just because she's a woman. And I'm sure she's going to say that. Because I know from the time, I get to a female sports journalist. And a sports journalist. It's a matter if I'm male or female. I'm, I'm just saying 
Um, you know, as you said, so much about the coverage of matches on games on the Sunday game, but no one has highlighted Joanne, or maybe no one has highlighted Joanne because Joanne is actually doing a good job of it. We always say, if you never, if you never mention a referee in a report, you have done a good job. So Joanne has been doing it. But she's so professional. You see her on the radio, you see her on, you listen to her on the radio. She's done several of the shows before. She's just so natural. She do, it's like she's having fun. That's why I like her style of um, interviewing. And chatting. It's, it's very like, I would hope myself. She, it's like she's chatting with someone. It's like she's having a conversation with someone. You know, and she doesn't kind of throw it down people, it's just not, you know, she asks controversial things, but she doesn't try to get big stories out of it. Um, she's just very natural. Well, she asks the hard questions that someone else might ask, and they're the ones you want answered at the end of the day. No one wants to hear from what team is you want, you want the dirt after a game, you want the hard questions. But yet, as I said, she, she, doesn't, she doesn't look for the controversy, she just wants it, and she's there, it's another fact. You know, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And she doesn't, as you said, she asks it in a professional way. She asks it, it's always, my mom always had this famous thing, it's not what you say, it's the way that you say it. So she does that. But listen, she can handle it in any sport, you know, soccer, rugby, um, any of the GA games, so fair play to her. Yeah, I would like to hear, you know, she's going to be the case of the lesson in history, you know, tires, and because I, I personally think she's a really, really well broadcaster and actually um, definitely the fact that she's female, you know, girl power, that's great and all, but she's just top class anyway and, you know, I I think something again needs to shake up anyway and needs, you know, we need to see more new faces on it and no disrespect to the people, but you nearly, like, like any of us who were watching it since we were small, so we're watching it for years and we're seeing the same people and we kind of have the same opinion. So, you know, I love seeing new faces and I think younger you know, uh, players are just, even current players are just finished. I don't know, I heard before that there's a rule on Sunday game, maybe you know, that you have to have one at all start to be analysis on Sunday game. Did anyone ever hear that? No? Never heard that, no. Because I don't know why they all, say, no, okay, Tip and Waterford are knocked out now. Why don't we have one of the Waterford harders in two weeks' time as well as some of the game, you know, that kind of way, current players. Because if you got the teacher cat or something, yeah, like no offense to my blind Tomas or Patty, it's 20 years since they played around this year. But you know, it's a long time since they played, it's a totally different game now. And to get into the cycle players, the modern players, and you know, the modern training setups, I'd love to see more younger players. But uh, definitely Joy Cantwell, I think, you know, uh, is doing a brilliant job. Like, she, sh- she shows she's top class with other. Uh, across RT for years and uh, she deserves that gig and is doing a brilliant job at it. Yeah, I'm, as you said, we're all really looking forward to seeing her present Sunday game next year. Obviously, Michael Esther will be a huge loss. We all grew up watching him and he also is brilliant at, at Sunday game. But it is nice to see that change. Yeah, definitely. I'm all Big counties either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great to hear. You know, but like, it's like fortune. Just because you're a good player doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. Just because you're a good player doesn't mean you're going to be good at assistants. You know, you could even get people who aren't past players. Just you know, like journalists or whatever. You know what I mean? I suppose another mention that other people that she kind of new fresh faces on the scene, I suppose this year, uh, John Milan has joined RT Radio and oh my god, what a man to listen to if you're watching it, if you're listening to that. She is just electric. He is passionate. 
he is he is any GA supporter who cares about their county. He is just he's into the whole thing. You know, you you're there and you're just you're imagining it because that's the visual. You know, radio is meant to kind of give you that visual that you know you can imagine what it's about, and that's basically what John Milan does. Like when he was a player, he was just ever loved him. He was a legend. But I think that was it. He's just everyone's favourite. He's like Chris Kamara now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Of um, of the NPS. <laughs> yeah, I actually think RT coverage on the radio has nearly uh, gone better than yeah. any. I find out that after a match, and I'm leaving, I'm in the car straight away to run the radio and listen to the coverage. Um, and but then my temper won't even. I don't know. I'm kind of yeah. I'm in the game sometimes. Yeah, the likes of Shane McGrath, but take another young perspective. Um, another person I suppose to Jim present as well is Tommy Walsh, he's on News Talk, another British press player on the radio. I don't think exactly. Yeah, and even on my own like, local radio station, Tip FM, they've started um, say James Woodlock and um, to Jim Grant, our regular. No, in the beginning they were just mad time, but now I see they're everybody talking on the radio because like they know they're just, they're not longer tired, they know the players inside out, they know the management inside out, they know the opposition inside out. And I just, and you know, obviously we're going to be talking, we're going to speak as well, but you know, I just think, and one time I turned on Teach Carter, the recovery in the game, and it was the water kind of fine, and did the water for Carter, and I was like, that's why you're like, oh, who's he? Like, he's under 50, and yeah. he's great, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, like, he was really good because it was just fresh, like, just different and fresh, and I was on age just now, but, and as well as that, like, uh, I, I think, well, not happy here, but GA need their own channel. We have had that in there, but there's so many matches yeah, that we didn't get to yeah. see this year. There's, I, you know, there's so many games for that now with the new round of system, and I just think she had her own channel that was there. obviously much younger at that time, but say by Tuesday, all the games were completely on replay. You would have caught up on all the matches. So you're not counties are doing that. I know when soccer and all of the league of Ireland, clubs, towns, and the United States, but that is the thing that I find some of the game when you do watch it, they go over, they rehash the main games along the on that day. But you were saying about games covered, everyone was giving out no Tyrone and Monaghan, and look at the football, they showed Jerry and, or Fermanagh and Monaghan. Oh jeez, he wants to see. <laughs> Someone was giving out, a former Leach player was giving out that um, Leach and Carlo was not telling you the other day that, that there was Longford and Longford and Hammond. Longford actually, Longford jumping game was a better game of football to this. Thank you to the Killaloo Lakeside Hotel. Beautiful scenes um, while we did the podcast today. Also joining me was Adjur and Denise.